Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is December 9th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I am uh, I'm doing great. This is uh it's just wonderful speaking to you four times this week instead of three. We got a great and a wonderful there in the first few seconds. I'm glad you're, you're a little peppy Andy this morning. That's fantastic. So we got a little delay. I know I I should I, sh- I had to wash my breakfast down with a couple kind bars just to feel like Peppy Peter. Bixby and Kind, you're getting into the Kind stash to feel like Peppy, Peppy I'm Peter Malnati. That was a lie. I don't have any Kind bars in the house. <laughs> oh, Surprise, surprisingly, Peppy Peter has not convinced me. His sponsorship has not convinced me to buy Kind bars. Someone, uh, someone sent in a message. I don't know where he is a member. Plays out of I think Tennessee, Holston Hill. I can't remember where. Oh, it is Holston Hills. But um. That like he gives away. There's like a bunch of little juniors running around with Kind Bar merch uh, at the club. I think that's like he he like kind of the hand me downs or the 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 used stuff. There's Kind Bar uh, t shirts everywhere or, or golf shirts and hats at, at, at wherever he plays out of. That's fantastic. All right, enough enough advertising for our granola bars or whatever they are this morning. We have a great week of golf. Obviously, this episode is delayed a little bit. We had a spotlight on Julie Inkster released that mid Tuesday. Wanted to give that one a little room to breathe. Also, didn't want to record two podcasts in a day because we are, I don't know, stumble. It was, you know, crawling to the end of the year here. Um, but go check out that spotlight on Julie Inkster, 2002 U.S. Women's Open at Prairie Dunes. She chases down, beats Annika Sorenstam at the height of her powers. Uh, there's a lot of other fun stories on Inkster's career, including some controversies at Oakmont. Who could believe that? Uh, I have TV to apologize production. too. What? That I had what? something in my notes that I didn't talk about, and you know, uh, we had a listener clap trying to crowbar it in here. Yeah, okay. and uh, I it was uh, it was from just shy of rock bottom on Twitter. Seventy five minute podcast on Julie Angster, two thousand two Women's Open. Not one mention of her Ritz sponsorship. That was a big miss. <laughs> I had it in the notes. He brought uh, up a couple other points in the pot in the she broadcast. Had a Ritz bag too, right? One of the old yeah. school bags, a giant like patent leather tour bag or whatever those are. Yeah, Ritz everywhere. That that uh, puts Peter, Peppy Peter's kind sponsorship to shame. It's <laughs> a fair point. Fair point. We have this podcast. What, Nabisco. What do we call the Ritz Bits Cup? Oh, that old Nabisco Championship out in yeah. Pebble, the, for, the pre-dated precursor of the FedEx finale or tour champ, whatever it was. The cereal uh, Yeah, that's a quality. That's a quality sponsor. Ritz, yeah. Ritz visor, Ritz bag, Ritz towel. I think even she was she had the full Ritz paraphernalia at least in that O2 open. The other thing that we didn't bring up that was a great moment in the broadcast that I was chuckling about, and he 
reminded me of. I didn't put it in notes, but it was right that moment, that big moment in the tournament when Annika's sitting on the bag on the 15th tee watching Inkster rolling like a 20 footer to maintain a one shot lead. Annika's right. eating a banana and Johnny yeah. talks for like two minutes about how bananas are the perfect uh, snack on a golf course. Fruit talked content. about how they, yeah he talks about how they didn't hurt his stomach you they don't hurt your stomach <laughs> they give you a little energy it is just just for that two minutes it's worth watching this entire broadcast is johnny waxing the you know wonderful Benefit. aspects of a banana which you hate you hate bananas oh yeah i don't get it i don't touch banana that sounds like the worst possible snack bananas but... might be if i had to eat a fruit every day for the rest of my life bananas might be my pick oh that's a terrible terrible choice we don't need I to love get into mango i love mangoes but i think every day you know the reliability mangoes. of the bananas are are might put them at the top of the list for me we might need to revisit that mango discussion. I don't know that we've had that one. That's terrible yeah. too. I mean, it's not bad. I don't hate. I mangoes, don't think we can trust your, your food. That's, food. That's ridiculous. Takes right. anymore. All right. Rotisserie chicken. So mango, listen to the oh, bananas. To the, I don't hate mangoes. Mangoes are fine, but just being the number one choice is ridiculous. All right, we don't need to talk about food. Go listen to the Julia Inkster Spotlight. I think it's a really, really fun one. I know people love the Mac O'Grady one last week. I thought this one was just as good when we wrapped it. I was like, wow, that was, I, I was, you know, I hate, I'm not complimenting our own work. If it sucks, it sucks. But I was just happy with how it turned out is all I'll say. Um, some fun stories, some good stories. And, and uh, go watch the companion video on the USGA's YouTube channel. All right. Some quick business we got to dispense with. Happy birthday to. What? Will Knights. Come on. Oh. Yes, he deserves a shout out for many, many things that he's done for this podcast, for the merchandise operation. He turned, I don't know, 55 something. He's aged a lot this year, probably dealing with us yesterday. Uh, So happy birthday to Will Knights. Happy birthday to Connor Yakubov. November 4th. I found it. It's a month late, over a month late. Found the message. Somebody else messaged us for birthday. I'm sorry if it's not in my Twitter. I cannot find it. Don't send it to Instagram. I know it's two guys. They're wearing shotgun start hats. The birthday was December 2nd or 4th. Happy birthday to you. I can't find the message, but, you know, send it to Whoever my you are. Twitter. Happy yeah. birthday. Appreciate you wearing the hats, and I'm sorry I can't find the message. Okay. Um, schedule for Hey, the don't week. we have to do that secret Santa? We do. But I figure that's a good Friday thing. Maybe this All Friday. Right. Maybe next week. I was <laughs> in the mood today. We got a secret Santa request. Oh, you're in the mood? Little elf Andy over there? You're trying to hand out <laughs> presents? Um, okay. Schedule for the week. We have the U.S. Women's Open at Champions Golf Club. That is in Houston. It is on two courses, Cypress Creek and Jackrabbit. Now, because I'm a professional podcaster, I looked up what Jackrabbit is. The difference oh, between wow. a Jackrabbit Versus just, you know, a regular a rabbit. rabbit. Yeah. Uh, it's Jackrabbit is a hare. It's got long, long, long ears, more powerful thighs and legs. It's faster. Now, don't ask me to tell the difference between a hare and a rabbit. You know, a rabbit, I think, has got like the cottontail and all that stuff. I don't know where a bunny comes into fat. I don't know where that comes into yeah, play. Yeah, I'm confused about that, too, because I had rabbits that were 
in my backyard all year. You know, I had rabbit holes all over the place. It was a pain in the ass. I'd like almost sprained my ankle five times when I was mowing the lawn this year. And but are they bunnies or are they rabbits? I don't I don't understand. Like what when I was telling people oh, I got bunnies in my backyard, and sometimes I'd say, Oh, I got rabbits in my backyard. I didn't know what the difference was. And then a hawk killed one of the the bunnies oh. on on my parkway. It was awful. What's a parkway? What does that mean? You know, the spot between the sidewalk and the street? A tree lawn. What the hell is a tree lawn? Are we having a regionalistic lingo yes. debate here? Yeah, okay. Um, anyways, a jackrabbit is a kind of a hare. So they have longer ears and they live solitary or in pairs. Uh, or I'm sorry, that's that's rabbits. Whatever, whatever. Jackrabbit's a hare. It's, it's not a rabbit. So that jackrabbit course will be the second venue. That is not where the weekend play will take place at the Champions uh, Golf Club in Houston. It's a major championship week. It's fantastic. You did a, a, yeah, it's amazing you did a podcast with the superintendent uh, on the venues and preparing both and for a December date, obviously, they hadn't initially planned for. Um, go ahead. Yeah, it's been a crazy year for that guy, Chris Ortmeier, <laughs> uh, director of agronomy. Since he, well, since he took the job there... I, it's got an interesting story. He took the job, I think, in 2015. He had two mm-hmm. essentially 500-year floods. Oh, Because um, right. right. he had Harvey and he had this Harvey. other huge rainstorm that happened. Um, so he said those two things. And then he has a pandemic-induced major championship switch that caused, because they you know went to this date and they decided to use both golf courses, they did like a rush um, bunker renovation on the jackrabbit course just to freshen them up to Damn. improve playability so mid-pandemic he you know has to go get yeah essentially rush a bunker renovation which it should look good like the bunkers are all redone and and um should improve playability but uh just a crazy year for that guy and, and you know five years on the job he's had two 500 year floods and then preparing a major championship course amid a pandemic with a date change and then going from 18 holes to 36 holes has just got to be a nuts year so yeah. um props to the usga for getting this done uh as we've said with all of our major championships this year but in especially not reducing the field size and being able to get it done in January or in December seems, you know, almost more of a Herculean effort than anything we've seen thus far. Yes. Uh, quickly, just the nuts and bolts. I mean, it's on TV a lot. It's I'm not going to even attempt to read it off. There's 25 hours apparently on Golf Channel NBC. It's jumping around all over the place. Golf Channel, Peacock is getting involved, you know, strutting in, peacocking here and there about. Sanderson uh, that, getting getting in on the action. They're getting involved and, in, you know, right in the middle of Friday, one to three. And then it ends Sunday on NBC at five o'clock. It looks like you're coming on the air each day around like 10 a.m. and wrapping about five or so. I wonder when um, it gets dark there. And Chicago gets dark at like four o'clock right now. It's they crazy. said five twenty. I thought I saw was sunset. Must be because it's that. further south and further west than us. Um, all right. So getting back to the logistics of it, the full field, obviously no qualifying. That is, you know, anathema to everything about the open, men's, women's, or otherwise. Um, but I think they've done an admirable job cobbling together what they can based on qualifications for 156 players. Um, I don't know if it's included more amateurs than typically would be involved. 
I think it has. You know, they just gave the top 25, I believe, in the Rolex rankings. I don't know if everyone was able to make it. They gave exemptions to like top five Symmetra Tour. I kind of mm-hmm. like the way they've built the field. I think it's a diverse sort of, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's the best way to approximate best. what you can do with no qualifying. I think we're going to look back to uh, the U.S. Open, U.S. Women's. These are the, there's a lot of randomness with the Open tournament, and it lost it's lost a little of its open nature yeah. with this. But these will be the strongest fields um, ever in U.S. Open history, U.S. Women's and U.S. Open, just because they went right. strictly off of merit from a bunch of different categories of people that typically qualify for it. So you know. With amateurs, we're not getting some, you know, kid from that played golf at Waterloo College in Iowa yeah. and and made it through. Um, Waterloo get involved in this? I don't know. I just was trying to come up with some abstract town, <laughs> college, but um, you know, you're you're not getting that random. You're getting like the top five amateurs. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so the the two courses is obviously a very it's first time ever as well for the women's open. Uh, we've heard that preparation is a little different. You know, you're doing 18, maybe you would normally do a nine one day, nine the next. You're doing 18 on one, 18 maybe the next. Say, so young Kim was mentioning that as well in press conferences. Uh, but you know, it's it's this this is what the pandemic hath wrought, right? And we have a championship. Um, mm-hmm. what can you tell us any more about the venue specifically? It's you yeah, know, Jack Burke's well, place, right? Jimmy you know, DeMarin and, and Jackie Burke founded yeah. it. Really yeah. cool. Obviously, major champions. Um, and you know, they built it with the idea of being like the players' club in town, which makes mm-hmm. sense if you're you know too major. And and I think it holds that reputation. Um, in Houston, it's got a historic. You know, it's hosted major championships before. It is a you know a stern into championship golf course every year they have a big four ball tournament, uh, which is, you know, really good mid-am four ball tournament every year and year out. Jackie Burke, obviously he is still in a founder's role at a, the ripe yeah. age of 97. He's there every day. He's still grinding on his game, which is, you know, I just hope I'm, you know, alive at 97, let alone, you know, working on my golf game every day. Uh, but uh, the two golf courses, obviously, originally uh, the Cypress Creek, which will be the course they play three times, was Ralph Plummer. Um, it's got really big greens. Uh, average square footage is like up near 10,000, according to the superintendent. And then the Jackrabbit course is a much uh, much smaller green. So a little bit of contrast between the courses, uh, but you know, similar in the time they were built. So the green speed should be really similar in slopes. Uh, it's not like having like a old school Donald Ross course and then a modern course where the greens are flatter, where they might have differing speeds. They have like, gotcha. you know, they were built around in the same era. Uh, the gotcha. other one, Jackrabbit was originally a George Fazio, not a Tom Fazio. So Tommy, Tom, no, no, Tommy, the shirtless shaper. No, he wasn't involved. Not sure if Tommy Predated has been on Tommy. property. <laughs> Houston seems like a good Houston would be a good place to be a shirtless shaper. You know, a lot (laughs) of the year is conducive to that shirtless mentality. (laughs) All right. So we talked about how the preparations different, you know, Mel Reed mentioned it's a lot harder because you got to do two courses. Also in terms of prep, big drama around the range setup. Oh yeah. I mean, there's articles, there's there's comments. It is odd. 
they got this fence. So they're hitting for both. You got 156 players. The range is not huge width-wise, but they got players hitting from both ends. So they put this fence up at 30 yards in front of, I don't know, the one side so that the balls roll, you know, because it's 300 yards across and some women, you know, can touch that, get up there and, and roll them up. So there's 30 yards out from one side on one side of the range so that women know, you know, when you're not to hit over that or not to, if you're rolling up against that, don't take more club from one side. Now, it looks very odd. It's the subject of, you know, Twitter amusement. But like, in fact, so one side, you can't see where your balls landed, right? If you're on and the other side, you maybe can't hit every club in the bag or you're like kind of squinting out there on the range, hoping you're, you know, looking to make sure you're not rolling up against the, or hitting clear on the fence. I don't know. And beyond just the Twitter amusement, like the players, some players are not happy about it. Like there is yeah. in fact an issue. Uh, it's not just people making much ado about nothing, having a little fun for content's sake, but like Danielle Kane seems pretty pissed about it. Like she's like, I want to do my wedge work. And I can't do like I do it every day. I dial in my wedges every day, and like this fence in the middle of the range uh, is like impacting that. I can't do my wedge work. It's it's not what I want for a major. So, anyways, that is a separate sort of prep prep issue going on this week. And that's again, you got 156 players. Everybody's kind of going out in a condensed window because of daylight issues. Like the last tee times, 11 something. So that's just where we're at. You know, it's, it's another quirk of this late december late year major how about the fact that you know amid this what you like to call a farce of a, a word distance debate <laughs> the usga who's obviously right in the middle of it and both their championships have had to yeah. make makeshift range adjustments and it's moving insane. the net back because bryson's hitting into cars at Waynefoot. but go ahead a 300-yard range should be perfectly fine for women's golf, but you've allowed this, you know, every aspect of the game of golf to be overrun with 400cc drivers and solid core golf balls. So you brought this on yourself, USGA. Do something about the ball and the, and the um, tennis racket drivers that pros are allowed to use. But my one question would be, all right, None of the women are flying at 300. Yes, I think I saw the. So they grouped the three longest hitters together. Uh, Ann Van Dam, Bianca, I can't pronounce her name, Padganagan, and uh, Fossi. Maria Fossi. Bianca's at like 286 or something average, which means, but, you know, you could hit at 300, maybe, but, but not they're flying. not flying at 300. Yeah. So, like, my question is why didn't you go with like a really low net that just stops ground balls? Like, why is this a 10-foot net, and why is it 40 yards out? I don't understand the logic of of the net in general, the, the fence. It just seems ill-conceived, poorly thought out, and it is a bubber. Like, I, I sympathize with players. Like, it's not okay. fun. Like, yeah. the worst ranges in the world are the ones where you can't see a ball land. It's right. maddeningly frustrating when you can't see the ball land and you're on a driving range because it's like, how far did that go? You know, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know where it landed. Like, yeah. and like, if yeah. you're trying to get ready for a major championship, it would be nice. And it just, it's just so strange. I think I'd rather almost have a range where they said you can't hit driver 
Yeah, the one I think that that's has right. a fence that prohibits right. me from seeing where any shot lands. Right. Right. I, I think I think you're right. Then you could just go hit driver in like a bay or right into a rocket net or something, you know? Yeah. But like at least give me the other clubs where I can see where like I don't know, a pitching wedge is landing or something They've like that. Obstructed or... the ability to see how anything performs as opposed to just rooting one club they've obstructed every single club in the bag which is just a right. monumental mess here this fence is idiotic it's stupid and it's it's just like i wonder whoever planned it have they ever hit a golf shot in their life like whoever came up with this solution have you played golf before do you understand how a driving range works yes and to be clear to clarify our issue is not with the range, you know, the, the old axiom, the worse the range, the better the course. Like this has no, this is not a comment on the course, not a comment on champions range. It's simply a comment on this installation of this fence for this major championship. That's it. That, that seems like it's an odd, unfortunate development. That's and, all. And whoever okayed and, and said this fence, this is what we're going to do. This is our solution should really get a stern talking to about their problem solving <laughs> skills. And not not seeing like, okay, we're solving this one really small problem for 1% of the field. We're solving this <laughs> tiny problem and presenting a problem for 100% of the field with our solution for the problem for 1% of the field. Like so, that is both sides. Both idiotic. sides of the range. There's a it, separate issue. I know. It is, a, it is one of the biggest blunders in problem solving <laughs> history, this, this fence. It well, is, I don't know about that. No, it is awful. Like, think about it. You you had a tiny little minute problem for a tiny percent of the field. Let's just say it's six players in the field. So you're talking about a Fosse, 3%, 3% of the field problem. And you've created a problem for every single player in the field with your solution for this tiny problem. And that is that is a, a shitty solution. <laughs> Again, even... props to the USGA for getting this championship done. <laughs> I, I, uh, I commend agree. them on every level of, of their execution of logistical plans, except for this one. This one is an utter disaster. And this is the beauty and tradition of the USGA championships, notably the US Opens, because we will get to the golf and we will forget about the fence for the next for the rest of our lives. Just like we forgot about the fescue gate at Aaron Hills or something at Oakmont, the you're, greens being too fast or chambers. Like we just pointing like, out this all is, the, you don't forget about these things. This is what uh fescue gate was not a thing. <laughs> this is just, you, you have practice round days and you need air to print and ink to spill. Like that's, this is what happens at these major championships. And this week it's the range fence and you have pounced and I have pounced and we have had our fun with it. It is a poor solution though nevertheless all right while we're on the subject of practice should we do a quick read for our friends at rocket yeah then we'll get back to this some of the players like the favorites they, the they need rocket net they, they need rocket net rocket net unplanned need the activation here put yeah. put out 20 rocket nets for people to hit drivers in you know they could enter you know mike davis at usga you can go to rocket.com slash shotgun start he's you know you could enter to win a 20 percent coupon off and we can get him some nets down there uh what kind of segue is this this maybe we've never planned that this is fantastic uh the url is rocket.com slash shotgun start again 
enter your name and email. That's all you got to do. No social security number, no, you know, wife's maiden name, you know, husband's whatever address, nothing. Um, all right. You, you get, get 20% off coupon and you're, you're entered to win some pro bunch of bundled net solutions. What, <laughs> what are they? I don't know. They're valued at $280. It's the hack at home driving range setup. There's no fence. You're hitting into a net. You know, you're not hitting into your neighbor's yard over the fence. You know, you're hitting right into your own. Or your, maybe it's your garage. Maybe you got room like we don't have. Maybe it's your basement. It's maybe it's your suitable. punch out range. Maybe it's your punch out range like us. Thanks to Rucket for sponsoring us. They sponsor us all year. They've sponsored a couple spotlights that we've now done on Mac O'Grady and Frank Stranahan. Um, and now they're giving away $200, $280 range setups. I should add. We heard from friend of the program, Chris Roselle, yesterday. He was looking for a soccer solution for his daughter for a Christmas gift. I do think it's a uh, it's a useful Christmas gift. We're we're trying. What you got to, going on over there? God damn it! I don't know. I'm sharing an office with my wife these days. Her phone. Somebody's trying to get off. a hold of her. That's too bad. Uh, so th- I do think it's a suitable gift solution. It's not something that clutters your house with shit. Not like an eighteen. 18- 100 piece thing legos all that stuff it's an actual get some active get some out of the house i think in that way it's a it's a useful uh santa uh option okay all right hey, moving I, did on. A, I did a little thing for it who needs the ruck in that beyond oh, okay. besides the usga yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> who needs it all right so from 2015 to 2019 okay if you Add up all the strokes gain numbers. Mm-hmm. Justin Rose was fifth in strokes gain total on the PGA okay. Tour over that span. Okay. Do you know who was ahead of him? Can you name the four players ahead of him? 15 to 19 strokes 15. gain total. Yep. Brooks? Nope. Brooks was DJ. Uh, DJ was one. Was Speeth be one? Or did it get so Spieth, bad? Speeth was sixth. Okay. Um, Justin Thomas? Justin Thomas is 10th. Uh, I guess those early years. I don't know. Think I, about so who DJ... who is who's the best player in the world in 2015. Speeth. Who was, could make an argument they were the best player in the world. I mean, Rose was there. Ricky. Ricky was in there, right? Although he didn't have the longevity. Um, Ricky Rory. was eighth. Rory's Rory. R- Rory's two. Okay. Jason uh, Day is who you're forgetting. Uh, okay. Is number three, and then right. John Rom number four. Rom is number four. He turned pro. It's amazing. Way th- Holy yeah. crap! Wow. Okay. Really amazing. Wow. Um, All right. But uh, so anyways, the so he was fifth all in all those years, uh-huh. and then last year. He was 73rd in total strokes Ooh, gained. Anma. So 2020. Anma. And really the slide started in 2019. And okay. it, where the biggest dip occurred is off the tee. So okay. in 2019, he was only plus 0. 0.179. 2018, okay. he's plus five, plus five, 27. So he, you know, up to plus almost plus seven in 2016. So that's where he saw a huge dip. And okay. it could be partially because the tour has gotten longer. He might not have been, been hitting it as straight as he was before. But, you know, 
Justin Rose, he's down to like 33rd in the world rankings. He needs to get in the rocket nut. I know he likes to hang out in the Bahamas in the winter. Get Pop up a rocket nut in the backyard and just sit there hitting drivers. I think could, he should. Could he be past his prime, too? That's the other uh, question. He's kind of a late career Ricky phenomenon going on, though, too. I mean, he's like an outfield. Don't middle even put don't no, I'm talking about the, the ad- advertisers. Uh, yeah. Activate, you know, he's like, you know, Ruckett might need to come through with some cash for him to even put one up. Like, I think he only does things for for sponsorship dollars these days. It seems he like. totally what happened, I feel like, is like you get to number one in the world and he cashed in big on like number one in the world sponsorship money. Like, because yeah. he came out, he got to number one. And then it seemed yeah. like he just introduced a whole new slew of sponsors that his agent yeah. just went hog wild. It was like, oh, we made it. <laughs> Time to sell. Hog wild. Bonobos. <laughs> um, okay. All right. So that's a good one. Rose. Rose, he's got to get his act together. All right. Uh, so let's get back, back to schedule. Schedule. Or as Rose, schedule. Rose would say schedule. All right. Let's keep talking U.S. Women's Open. Does that work? And then we'll do race to Dubai. It's the event of the week, so okay. we can talk about that. Good. Uh, some featured groups we have. Oh, well, so first of all, favor to say on Kim. I think that's appropriate, right? She won the yes. she won the Pelican, whatever Blueberry Championship, Blue Blazer Championship. Uh, she won the last major, the Aronimink Women's PGA Championship. Seems like the best player in the world. She is not the number one player in the world. That is Jin Yun Ko, who is on hand. Uh, everybody's playing this week, which is good, right? Mm-hmm. That's not always been the case this year, understandably so. Uh, but it's good to have everybody there. Uh, Hanaka Shibuno is making her debut. The Smiling oh, Cinderella, yeah. her U.S. Women's Open debut, I should say. Pop off. Uh, pop off. She might but pop Se-Yun- off this week. <laughs> Terrible. Seon Kim is the favorite. MB Park is next. Danielle Kane is 12 to 1. Brooke Henderson. And then you get down to Jin Young Ko, Heejin Choi, uh, Nelly Corda. Those are, you know, everybody's playing was the point. Uh, some, let me find I feel like the depth group. of women's Go golf is just unbelievable. I think it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. What's like, on? there's like 20 players that if you say, oh, they're going to win, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I can and see more that. more coming. That's the yeah. thing, right? And there's then, the, so many yeah, more then there's coming. 10 That's... that we don't even know about, really. We just talked are... about Julie Inkster, won her first major as a pro, right? You know, that, that, that I feel like that's, you know, LPGA, there's more opportunity for that. Uh, feature groups, defending champ, Yunjun Lee Six is paired with Gabby Ruffles and Hanaka Shibuno, who I just mentioned. Um, Lexi Thompson is with Nelly Korda, who is the highest ranked American in the Rolex rankings. And he John Lim, another, I think she's one of those up and comers, right? She's, mm-hmm. she's like, you haven't heard, seen her much in the States, but she's like the next one. I think she has... She's been kind of lighting it up on the KLPGA. It's like only her second year. Uh, they, then we had the Bombers, which I said, Bianca Pagdanganon. I'll try it. And Van Dam and Maria Fossey. They averaged 285, 282, and 281 off the tee. They're the three longest on the LPGA this year. Um, who's Seyon is with Lydia Ko and Brittany Altamare. Uh, so, I mean, it's again, well, you got Danielle out. Kang, Nordquist and Jin Young Ko, number one player in the world. Danielle Kang's probably been the best player since the restart, the return to golf. I don't know what the 
LPGA called. We just said that. Say it. Well, Danielle Kang's right there. Inverness and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's played well. She's played well. They're both, they're both in, they've been one, two, I would say. And then you got number one with her. Uh, Storylines like Nellie Corda, you know, she had the WD, highest ranked American. She's third in the world. Had WD at Aronime, kind of her first. She's just back in time, has a back issue, never something you want to have in golf, especially. Lexi, I think, has won on tour every year since 2013, um, but has not this year. So she's kind of got one or two more chances. Hey, before is, she, close. is she um, women's golf's Patrick Reed? Okay, elaborate. Expound Just like a kind of like more. a walking controversy in the limelight has had a lot of things kind of go be, be controversial and then her response hasn't always been the best to those controversial things she's got one major 11 wins potentially i guess i guess maybe i i, I see where you're going with it i won't i won't reject it out of out of hand um Seemingly, there are rumors, there there are rumors that the call, in, the call in was from a player. Wasn't from. Oh, a, really? Oh, there's been deep state rumors that that was it, it was playing competitors pointing out that this was a a theme of of Lexi's with the marking the ball gate. You know, I, I said the fluff and the lie at the open, right? Fluff and the, the lie at the ago. open. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it's an interesting take. I got. <laughs> I think time has not been good to that whole craft and the biscuit or whatever it was, ANA mismarking thing. You know, it usually like obviously in the moment there was throw your hands up. We don't know how to get into it, but like there's total and full sympathy for Lexi, right? But as time's worn on, people are like, I mean, she kind of mismarked it. And I don't know if it's deliberate or not. The whole deal was given the penalty 20. If you've hours marked later. your ball for your entire life, you know how to yeah. replace a ball. Yeah. A time time is, has not looked favorably upon that uh, as, as we've gotten farther out from it. All right. Uh, what else? I, I'm, I'm totally off kilt here. Uh, I, I rocked so you off uh, with that take. Your Lexi Pat Reed thing. So Lexi's won every year. She's, she's, she's not won this year. She will be on the back. Did you see this? You see who's caddying for her? Her brother? Bomb squad? No. C- Curtis is off. We have a cross promotion brand activation Bryson? going for two two time close two time us open tim tucker uh going oh, for the wow. double this year is on the bag for lexi i guess they have the same agent bryson thick boy and lexi have the same agent and uh yeah tim tucker is looping for lexi down at uh houston trying to win hey, the men's and women's go ahead props to bryson it i know this seems really small but I think it's important, and I like I, you see it with other sports. Like you see it really a lot with like the NBA promotes the crap. The big players of the NBA promote the WNBA, and they support women's basketball. And Bryson is one of the few tour pros, PGA Tour pros, who have tweeted out, posted about the U.S. Women's Open, and and paying attention to it this week. And I got to give him props, like supporting women's golf. I think. That's a great look for Bryson, and I think more PGA Tour pros should be supporting women's golf and the great, especially with an off week for them. It's not hard, right? It's not. It's 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 you know least you can do. Promote the sport, promote the game, promote the growth of 
for both the growth of the game. The biggest growth areas are in women and girls. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, 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 it, you see it in the NBA a lot and the PGA tour players should all be pushing and promoting this championship and regularly the LPGA. Uh, hey, while you're talking about Lexi and Bryson and promotion and tweeting, <laughs> where are you going? I believe I could be mistaken. I believe I saw yesterday that the new Cobra driver, I, I could be mistaken, is something called Rad Speed. Rad Speed. Now, it's not it's not the worst name for a golf club I've ever heard, but we got to settle the fuck down with all this these names. Like, we just got it, the Crowbar Speed into everything. Speed Foam, Speed this. All, Rad Speed is the name of your club? I think I won't, I won't give it any attention just based on that alone. We have to get less, we're not less creative, but just, just less showy and flat. Just, just come up with like, you know, put, put a mixture of letters and numbers. That is a horrible, horrible name for a golf club. Rad speed. What, what, oh, can you hand me the rad speed? I'm looking at my, my nine and a half degree rad speed. Look, we all know your marketing speed on everything nowadays. Just like it's a given. Whatever ball club is giving you speed, we understand it. Every driver gives you speed. You just got to get better with these names. That is a horrible, horrible name for a driver. And if I, I did, I have that right. I think I saw that yeah. scroll on Twitter. I don't pay attention to the equipment beat, but I do pay attention to the names. And we're going to start getting a lot more terrible. Nothing against Cobra specifically, because the other manufacturers will come out with their terrible names here in the next couple of weeks. But that's a terrible name for a golf club. All right. Getting back to uh, the women's open, what else you got for this? Um, That's I, I, I don't know. I'm I'm just excited to watch. It'll be fun to watch over over to a couple players. Like I always, I love reading uh, Megan McLaren's uh, yes. writing. So she's yes. playing U.S. Women's Open. She she plays primarily on the European Ladies Tour. So that's a player that I'm just kind of like rooting for uh, passively and. Uh, so she's one that I'm I'm excited to see play. Uh, hopefully, hopefully she plays well. And um, oh, you know, somebody sent us something about uh, a Danish woman who won like three or four times in a row on the let. I'm not sure. I gotta find that out. I'll I'll bring that for Friday. Okay. One thing you mentioned about Bryson promoting the women's game. I saw a Beth Ann Nichols article. About and the USGA is promote, uh, you know, sharing this or raising awareness around this. But like a big drive this week, and you know, we we're going to talk about this anyways, is you have this December major, and they sort of kind of have the stage all to themselves, right? There's mm-hmm. a European tour event, there's a QBE shootout, all that stuff. But like everybody should do, everybody should be paying attention to this, everybody should be covering it, you know full-fledged soup to nuts like you would wing foot and that should be the case when it's in the summer as well yeah but late may but the, the thrust of beth ann nichols article is like kind of getting at what you were talking about bryson all the players should be promoting the twitter and everybody else should be covering it i just um the stat that the usga has shared is four percent of coverage of sports is dedicated to women that really like floored me i feel like it's gotten so much better but to hear four percent floored me and kind of makes me more aware of all the like just mm-hmm. complete waste of men's <laughs> like chafe of men's 
sports that are out there, you know, these random events, I guess is what, but 4% is a number that's not adequate in any way. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's utterly insane. Obviously, there's been a ton of pro- progress in in women's sport, particularly in in um, the amount of money. But like TV drives money. There needs to be more exposure for these sports. And and you know, this is where this is not a this us or them. Especially for men's golf, like this is a a rising tide lifts all ships. So the more popular that the women's game is, the more popular the men's game is going to be. You know, the more interest that can be driven to both aspects of the game is only beneficial for all parties involved. And to be clear, there is a line between advocacy and coverage. And we just talked about that. Uh, maybe making a comparison to Lexi with Patrick Reed. Coverage and, and interest and promotion is not necessarily mean everybody's a gentleman, every gentlewoman in this case. Um, you know, if Lexi's doing something sketchy, call it out. If, if Amy Olson backstops her face off, we're get, let's go crazy about it on Twitter as we would for somebody did it at the Masters or somebody did it at the U.S. Open. I think like that's that always gets a little um, dicey. Uh, you know, what is advocacy and what is you know coverage and journalism of of the event, but. Uh, the indisputed fact is that there has to be more of it and more attention. And I think that is really the great sort of windfall of this December date, uh, and at least to get the conversation going so that when it is next time opposite, whatever, the some Courier Cup event, like we know where, you know, we know where our priorities should be and, and probably should have been for a long time. Uh, um, I do wonder about this because this has always been my, I mean, we have this conversation about European tour. We have this conversation about senior majors. Like when we get some of those weeks in July where there's like a good European tour event, a good, um, you know, a senior open, a LPGA event, like should all these tours that aren't like, you know, should they be spread out more? I, and I'm not even suggesting this for the U.S. Women's Open. I think it's the pr- most premier, it's the most prestigious championship in women's golf. They should go wherever they want. But like, do we need to start thinking more creatively about scheduling? We're seeing the Euro tour do that probably with more pouncing on Q4 type opportunities. Mm -hmm. I think we do. I think like this is an excellent opportunity. And the golf season has become like a year round thing. Like we've seen it. This fall was an aberration because of the, you know, coronavirus and the cancellation of a a bunch of events. But we have seen over the last 10 years, PGA tour, events get stronger and stronger in the fall and more and more players play more and more in the fall. Um, And I think it is smart. Like these players are playing all year round and Mm -hmm. building in gaps of time where different tours are off, even in the peak months of, of what we would call golf season. The reality is golf season's all year now and, and taking advantage of holes and different spots uh, where, because at the end of the day, everybody, you know, there's only a few events a year that are bringing in non-core golf fans, right? Yeah. So right. your core is going to show up in December. Like they might have the NFL on, but they might be flipping back and forth between the two, or they might have college basketball on and they might be flipping back and forth between the two. Like they are going, that core golf audience is who's going to watch a lot of these events and they're going to show up no matter what week of the year it is. So 
for you know smaller you know smaller tours other than the PGA Tour, I think it makes a lot of sense to look at different options for events. Yep. All right. While we're on the subject of those creative events, we'll move on to the European Tour. We'll obviously have U.S. Women's coverage. You know, uh, Friday, Monday, we'll recap it all. But I, I think we're both fired up and glad it has this sort of stage to itself. It's deserved. Um, on the European tour, we have the race to Dubai, the DP world tour championship. It is the conclusion of the race to Dubai. Patrick Reed is on hand looking to claim his crown. It's, it's a life goal. He says that that or a FedEx cup has always been a goal of his, one of the great achievements of his career. Um, as Do you think stands, he, grew, he grew up thinking about winning the DP world championship. That was like a, uh, a goal of his growing up as a kid. Not sure he ever probably probably didn't hear the word Dubai until he was like 14. I would probably guess hazard a guess. Um, so he is there. It's kind of him and Fleetwood. Colin Morikawa has shown up. He has a chance. If they win, this is like the automatic. If they win, they win the whole deal thing. Reed, Fleetwood, Morikawa, Westie. and Westie are guaranteed. They claim the race to Dubai crown with the victory. Several others like. The Zadenhout, Perez, Aaron Ray, or Rye, I should say, and Tyrrell Hatton would all win if like Reed finishes worse than second. There's a lot of mathematical computations, but those are some of your top names gunning for it uh, in a very limited shortened season. Morikawa, I mean, they're trying to, you know, put lipstick on a pig with this whole thing that he could win it. He's claimed membership for next year. Whether that means, you know, we'll see him again. He's not played on the European tour and he can win it. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, he says, he. I saw like a release. I was reading it. He's like very excited by the prospect of winning not only this week, but topping the race to Dubai when he captured his major title, maiden major. He's already planning to spend more time on this side of the Atlantic, no matter the outcome at the Earth course. Again, we're at the Earth course this week, not fire. Uh, having signed up for European tour membership in 2021. And he like gives this quote like, Obviously, you know, it's been a short season. I won the PGA, but like, I want to be a world player. I need to be a world player. This is a goal of mine. And it's like, he just came over because he had a chance to win and can get a little extra bag here at the end of the season. But I, I admire them. It's a tough spot, but they're trying it. It, it more eliminates the holes in their, their rankings and their point system. So, hey, how about Sung JM playing? <laughs> Why is he playing? I don't know. No tournament on the PGA Tour for him to play in. Oh, so he just took the puddle jumper over to Dubai from Atlanta. It's a, uh, interesting. He didn't play Viacova, but he's playing this. Does he? Yeah. Is he like? <laughs> does he have a lot of points? I don't. I don't. I mean, where is he? I mean, so on the he's played. This will be his one, two, three, four. It'll be his uh, ninth start since September twentieth. It's a quiet part of the schedule. Getting in a getting in a quick start in Dubai. I wonder where he's next. I mean, what's left? Where does he go? Maybe he goes to Korea, does like some Asian tour events here before he gets back up at Kapalua. I don't know. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, all right, I don't have anything else on the DP on the, at the at the Earth. I got course. nothing else. I'm excited to watch. It's a good field. Um, it's good coffee it, golf. Good, yeah, good know. time of day to watch. Um, up with the baby, middle of the night golf, that kind of stuff. I got um, I got a couple other events to watch. Oh, Joey we got D. the QBE. <laughs> yeah. QBE shootout. We'll do that on Friday because it doesn't okay. start till Friday. We'll do this Thursday night. First round is a scramble. 
on Friday. I'm excited to dive into the pairings. Do you know who do you know who BFB is with? Yeah, they're defending championship champions. Gaines. Gaines. Gaines and yeah. BFB. Some some amusing. Dana I wonder Berger, if Brian, Brian Gay is jealous. If the bracelet boys is jealous. <laughs> I got reminded. Somebody, uh, Brentley Romine sent me the uh, the article of the bracelet boys origin last night. Yeah. Yeah. And I got reminded of it. I, I took a screenshot. I was going to post it to Instagram. Just as a, you know, we you know. found that doing our year in review. We didn't find yeah. that live. So that's another <laughs> advertisement for our year in review upcoming in the next couple of weeks. You never uh, know what we'll uncover. It's so much work. Just I don't know. We'll, do it. we'll see. <laughs> Maybe tentative year in review coming. Speaking of wives, Brian Gay and Rory Sabatini may get more of a challenge from tour players' spouses. Their supreme skill, shopping for bracelets, Sabatini said. <laughs> we, we always have our unique style of bracelets. Gay said he spent as much as $2,000 on a men's bracelet, and no oh turf God. is sale, uh, safe. Either his, Gay and Sabatini rattled off their preferred retailers, Saks Fifth Avenue, Neiman Marcus, Tribal Hollywood, and Dave Yerman. You got to post that. I can't believe we're, that's good Friday content. You're blowing it here at the end. Of, that's great. Please. $2,000 bracelet. I think you have too much money if that's the case. Um, All right. Honorable mentions for event of the week. Events of the week. Joey D. There's a Joey D at Abacoa thing, right? Oh, yeah. We're gonna, we'll get to that. <laughs> this is a submission from Nick Mackey. And I'm okay. glad he did. North Coast Open at Coffs Harbor golf club in in australia it's in new south wales it is a the first time it is a pro event for a number of years like almost 40 years and this was a pro event for for a long time past winners include kel nagel was dominant at it and then gary player might have won his first stroke play championship of his career here in 1956 i believe Wow. He had won a match play event in uh, in uh, South Africa, but he won a stroke play event here. So he went back to back, 56 and 57, I believe. And then uh, yeah. one other guy, let me pull this up. I, I meant to, I didn't write this down, but one other guy, all, all name team, who won a ton of times, Billy Dunk. <laughs> That's good. Is it D-U-N-K? D-U-N-K. Billy Dunk. Guess old old school Australian like legend. Just playing playing the Australian tour. Billy Dunk. He won it. Huh? He, he must have won this thing like 10 times. <laughs> that is a good name. Billy Dunk. I love it. Um, so that that is a pro event for the first okay. time in forever because they wanted to have, you know, an opportunity for local pros and other places they could play. Um, sure. And make some money. So they like Marcus Fraser's played in that, but kind of a cool little history of that event. Um, other honorable mention minor league golf tour championship presented by Joey D at Abacoa. <laughs> this is a lit. This field is stacked. Did you look at the field? I saw Jamie Lovemark was playing. Oh yeah. The, is it a two man thing or no? No, it's, it's a two day. Okay. It's a two day okay. thing. Okay. So lead the way. This is through one round. It's uh, I think it's two rounds. I believe. Okay. Yeah, I think two rounds. I'm not positive okay. on that. <laughs> um, OBJ. 
Oh, the real tied, LBJ. Yeah, tied Old for the Brown lead. Right. Tied for the lead with Michael Graboyas and uh, Cam Young, former Wake Forest standout. Okay. Other players in the field: Dan McCarthy, Web Tour player; Chase Kepka. Okay. Oh, Daniel Wetterick, uh, nephew of the great Ryder Red. Cup, yeah, stalwart, legendary, former Skins game participant, Ryder Cup teammate, uh, member. Yep, A- Brett Wetterick, Ad- Adam Svensson. Oh, he's a web tour, he's a PGA tour player, right? I yeah, mean, it's kind of okay. b- bouncing back and forth. Okay. Albin Choi, yeah, Sunjay's caddy, formerly, formerly, right? I think Sunjay wore him out. <laughs> James Driscoll is Lovemark playing? Yeah, J- James Driscoll shot seventy. Okay. Okay. Ryan Linton, Lake Forest High Your School guy. zone. Yeah. Shot seventy-one. Leaders are at sixty-six. Jamie Lovemark seventy-two. Wow. John Curran. Yeah, Keegan's buddy. New Englander, Mass Hall or something, right? I think. Yeah. Curran. Why is it Curran? It's Curran. Whatever. Who knows? Thomas LeVay. Oh, the broadcaster. Shot 75. It's one of my favorite people to ride the media shuttle with. Thomas LeVay. It's this stout little Frenchman. (laughs) Jolly guy. He's He's a rider cupper. Yeah, he had to have been. Yep. So that's that's, that's who's in the field. Notables. Hey. Is Abacoa, is that like the, the St. Andrews, you know, is the, the old course? Is that like the, the main deal, the, the anchor, like the real kind of the, what everything else orbits around? What is the MLGT, like the, if they're having the championship the there, Rota? I'd love to believe. Yeah, I'd love to believe Abacoa is sort of like the Abacoa main guy. Abacoa is the main guy, you know, regular. Okay. Okay. I would say other ones, Fountains is a. Sure. The PGA sure. Tour Estates course is a regular host. <laughs> Or the PGA PGA estate. That's like court. a Carnoustie type. It's it's always on the road. It's never going away. Okay. I'm not. I haven't looked at like the full schedule in a while. But like, yeah, they used to have a ton at a course called Jacaranda. I mean, I just assume if they're having the championship there, it's it's Abacoa really is held in, in some of the highest regard. It's it's maybe what everything else orbits around. But I mean, International Links of Miami is getting a lot of play <laughs> now out there. Why is it international? What's what's so international? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Okay, but yeah, there's there. I, I don't see Jack Aranda. I wonder if it's elevated itself off the minor league tour. You oh, know, interesting. Yeah, there's all sorts of options down there. And then they have Our, they have better venues in the summer when all the snowbirds are gone. You know, right. <laughs> this is this is the time of year for Abacoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So clear out. Time. I've seen okay. they've been playing a lot at um what is it the Florida? God, I've played this as a kid so many times. Um, can't remember the name of it. Florida, okay. something. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. It's not good Anything when you else? played a course like fifteen times. You can't. Yeah, it probably name. says less about the course. Says less about you than more about the course. Um. Okay. Wellington That's National it. Golf Club. That's that's on the schedule a lot. Indian Spring. We might need to go down and start covering. I'm this telling in you, we got we got to do we got a shotgun start sponsor an event next year. I Especially mean, I if we can get down stuff. to it. 
it's like a it's like a one of these Catholic school outings I'm involved in these sponsorships like uh, you know so and so plumbing they give you like a bag of teas and a Nature Valley bar and a Z- Ziploc bag and you're a sponsor. It's like do you I think, think we, we could do involved. a closest to the pin contest? <laughs> <laughs> Make it like a ridiculous pin of some sort. You could get involved there. Put our thumb make on the scale. Be a make sponsor sure the that green is much more firm, scale. dried out compared to the other 17 greens. <laughs> totally different conditions. I think we could get that. If we, we put our money into it, we can put our thumb on the scale, as we've seen. All right. I think that's it, right? Friday, we'll talk a little bit about Medina getting a, a President's Cup. We'll talk a little bit about your news break, Medina's you know, renovation or restoration or whatever it is. I, I don't, you can clarify that. Um, you know, we'll do a little bit more QBE shootout, but I think, you know, thrust of this one, U.S. Women's Open. All right. You good? Anything else? You're, you're staring off into the computer screen. It looks like you, you find anything else you want to throw in, cram into no, this episode? No, okay. I think that's it. All right. We thank you guys enough. for your continued support of the podcast. We will be back Friday. Uh, And also check out that inkster spotlight in the uh, interim.